Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Stephen Sargent and this is the Church Stories Podcast where we explore and share stories from different ministries and churches all over New England. For this podcast, I wanted to dive into a topic that I am very passionate about and that is church partnerships, uh, ministry partnerships with other churches in other parts of the country. As a church planter um, uh, that pastors a a relatively new church, I guess, depending on um, how old your church is. Our church is just under two years old, so I'd say that's pretty new. Um, we are very dependent on partnerships with other churches that can help support us um, until we grow to a place of sustainability. Um, just like a baby, um, if, if you're a parent and you remember when your kids were very little, um, it doesn't take much to kind of get this analogy right. Um, I have a two-year-old daughter at home, Holly, and she is completely dependent on adults to provide for her. Um, I have a five-year-old um, who's even less dependent on us because she's becoming more and more sustainable. So she doesn't need us for everything, but our two-year-old does. And in the, that's kind of the same way as a church. As a church grows, a healthy church will become less and less dependent on outside funding and outside help as they grow to a place of sustainability. That's the goal. That doesn't always take place. There are some churches, healthy churches that are decades old that are still dependent on um, outside funding, uh, inner city churches that may not have the tithes and offerings come in to support their bills, um, college ministry churches that are very focused on reaching college students who do not tithe for the most part. Um, so, it, you know, that, those are the exceptions to the rules. But for the most part, um, newer churches, um, smaller churches, church plants um, are in need of partnership. And that's why I love talking about this. Um, our church plant has nine different churches currently, just active church plants. We've had more in the past that um, maybe helped us first year, or gave us a one-time gift, something like that. Um, but we have nine active partnerships in with churches in other parts of the country that help support us. Um, and those exist um, in all different. Uh, Austin, Texas, where I lived before. Um, we have a few in Houston, Texas. We have a few in Nashville, we have one outside of Nashville in Lebanon, Tennessee. Uh, we've got one in Dallas, Texas, in Richmond, Virginia, and in Syracuse, New York. And so it's neat to see um, just how all together these 10 churches, when you include ours, are working together to reach the zip code of Bridgewater, Mass. Um, so what I wanted to do for this podcast is I wanted to talk to one of those partner churches um, and just get from their perspective what makes a good partnership, what they're looking for, in a church planter, because many times they'll get requests 50, maybe even up to 100 prospectus um, a year or, or requests for funding from different ministries and churches. They have to have metrics through which they decide which ones they're going to be able to work with because they can't say yes to all of them. Um, and, then, and then even ask them what they feel like church planters and churches can do effectively to raise support and to cast vision for ministry partnership. I know for a lot of people, this is an intimidating conversation. Um, this has not been as much for me, which is why this is actually part two um, in in the, uh, the podcast topic on this. Last episode, I talked about just some creative, maybe non-traditional ways to raise support for your ministry. Um, this is kind of the sequel to that, looking at it, not from my perspective, but from the partnership perspective. Uh, and the reason I like talking about this is I feel like this is one of the things that I have been able to do effectively in ministry. There's very few things 
that I can say that about. Um, there's a lot of things that I've had to learn to do well, um, and there's others that just kind of come more naturally, and we all have that. This is one of those for me, and a lot of it just has to do with simply the connections that I had coming into church planting. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to dial up uh, Chad Mize, um, who is the missions and teaching pastor at Forest Hills Baptist Church in just a moment, and um, he has been there for several years, and he oversees their mission strategy. He oversees their mission team. He's I talked to him um, throughout the year and have for a few years now, and uh, Forest Hills is a church that I've been in relationship with for uh, over 10 years now. I was actually on staff there for two years um, and then uh, left to go to Texas and do student ministry there, and then when we planted two years ago, even though it'd been, oh man, what's the math here, six years since I'd been on staff there, they were eager to want to come alongside us. So I'm going to dial up Chad, and I just want to walk through some conversations with him and let you guys hear from his perspective, from a partnership perspective, especially if you're a church planter, if you're a small church, if you're thinking about ministry partnership, what they're looking for to help you to understand what this looks like. So let me get Chad. All right, I am calling up Chad now, seeing if we can get him on the line. Chad, are you there? I'm here, Stephen. It's good to be with you today. Awesome. Sounds good. Sounds like we are ready to go. I really appreciate you tuning in. Um, hey, Chad, why don't you just, before we jump into some of the questions about church planting and ministry partnership, could you just take a minute to share about Forest Hills, um, where you're located, what you do there, um, what would people expect if they came on a Sunday morning? Absolutely. So we are located in the south side of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, we are a multi-generational church, um, what I would consider based on churches in the south, uh, southeastern part of the United States, kind of a medium-sized church. Uh, at least pre-COVID, we had uh, probably an average of 800 people coming on attendance on a Sunday morning. And uh, honestly, our, our worship style is, is kind of covers the spectrum. We have um, a more traditional blended service, and we have a more contemporary service that we call Elevate. And um, it's a church that's always had a heart for, for missions, whether that uh, has been giving or going or just trying to relationally support others that are in ministry doing work that, um, frankly, we don't have the skill set or the language or the relationships to, to do. We realize we can come behind people. So that's been the heart of the church for years. And so um, we're also trying to be faithful in that regard in our own city and uh, mm -hmm. certainly uh, challenging and, and new times that we're, we're trying to be faithful within. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, let me, let's dive a little bit deeper on that. Cause I, I have a history with Forest Hills. I was on staff there for a little bit and now um, you have played a key role in helping our church plant and we're not the only ones in New England that you've helped. Um, but I just, why don't you just share a little bit um, so people can learn a little bit about Forest Hills and the ministry partnerships that you guys are a part of. What kind of involvement um, has Forest Hills played in the past with church planting and, and currently um, just in, with mission partners specifically across the United States? Yes, yeah, Stephen, that's a, that's a really interesting question for us because some of the, the, um, the church's history with that predates my time. So I, I would not do it justice to really speak to the time. I've been here coming up on eight years, but I do know in its earlier history, maybe even when you were here, um, the church had looked at planting in a neighboring town, a church plant out of Forest Hills um, that, that happened. But um, I can speak more, more accurately and, and more in depth with what's our relationship with church planters in this most recent season. So 
beginning about seven years ago now, um, our church, along with our missions committee, our, our pastor at the time had really just, it was on their radar. Um, and interestingly, um, you know, the Boston Marathon bombing, the tragic event that that was, just put Boston on our radar in a way that was special. And, uh, and so that, at the time, really spawned some conversation that uh, what are we doing as a church to be a part of kind of church planning in the underreached areas of our own nation? We often have had kind of a more global, international mindset when it came to uh, the Great Commission. But what about in our own country, uh, in these areas that may be defined as post-Christian or um, have seen, you know, um, it's the rise of the nuns or right. uh, those, those that have no religious affiliation. And so that, that became something that we wanted to really press and pray into. And as we did, the Lord um, led us to kind of initially look at three uh, areas. Um, we, we had an existing partnership in New York City, mm-hmm. and then we had an existing one that came from previous uh, collaborations up in Minnesota. But, um, I say three, so really it was four. So we added two partners at the time that were um, planting in other parts of our nation that were um, unreached. One was in the New England area in uh, Fall River, Massachusetts at the time. The other was uh, beginning to a church plant in Denver, Colorado. Wow. And so we began seven years ago walking with those newer partners and with our, our um, longer seasoned partnerships that we had, but really began to think of the partnerships differently and kind of um, really bring uh, some continuity to what it meant to be in partnership together. So that meant some changes. And, and I think our partners felt it was growth in, uh, in our existing relationships and in the new ones that allow us to start with some better DNA than um, maybe we had previously. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I know that talking to you about the development that has happened with Forest Hills, um, it seems like that's becoming more and more common with churches all over the country, especially established churches that um, are, you know, have decades of ministry under their belt already and are now looking um, at ways that they can really come alongside, not just through a cooperative program, um, but in a very direct relational way. Um, just like Forest Hills has, and, and really become deeply involved in the church planting movements that are taking place all over the country. Um, so it's exciting, I think, for some of the people listening, um, they're seeing um, something that is developing and becoming more and more of a common thing as churches like Forest Hills becoming deeper and deeper involved with it. And so I know that the, the conversations have to be incredibly thorough and, and maybe even complex in trying to decide what makes for a good a good partner with what you're looking for. You have to have some type of of metric um, when you're looking for for church plants, right? Um, like you may pick a city, but then from there, can you just walk us through with your team? What are you looking for when you're in search of new church plants to partner with? What are your metrics? That's a really good question, Stephen, and. And honestly, um, I think it's right that this has happened. But over the years, that's changed a little bit for us as we've learned, um, as we've entered some relationships that we've gone kind of through the term with them that we had agreed to. And then we've begun some new ones. And as we began those new relationships back, I believe it was um, 20... 
15 is, is what it would have to be. Um, we began a relationship with another North American Mission Board church planner out in Salt Lake City. But it was interesting to see what that process was like. So yeah. Salt Lake City, as you mentioned, was kind of a city that was on our heart where lostness is probably at the, uh, the highest percentage in our own country. Um, but we went out there just asking God to, to show us a partner that would be a good fit for our church. And kind of here's what we meant for that. And when we were asking that, we, we wanted a partner that um, understood their ministry field, um, that had a, a plan and strategy for engaging the ministry field around them, um, that understood what, how a partner could collaborate in ministry and could mutually encourage one another. And um, just had a real sense of um, what that collaboration could do for both churches. Um, we really wanted it to be a two-way street, not just uh, a place we could drop teams and take good pictures and uh, occasionally send a check. And so we really were looking for a partner where a relationship could develop that was mutually edifying and mutually encouraging in our, our combined efforts in the Great Commission, both in our individual cities and in one another cities. And so... We, we kind of dropped into Salt Lake, had some connections and began just, you know, meeting with folks and just prayerfully discerning, Lord, which of these would be the right fit for Forest Hills? Mm. Um, one of the things I've learned, Stephen, is, um, you know, I have to defer to people um, as the experts of their own ministry. Uh, I can never come into a scenario thinking that I know New England or I know church planning. I have to realize that uh, we need people that um, have that uh, proficiency in, in kind of in their own skill set. And not only that, but have a vision that the Lord's given them for how they're going to reach their community. Because um, that's not my role to, to set that vision or as a partner, it's not my role to tweak that. Right. Really, um, we wanted to see someone that the Lord had already made all that clear and that was ready for someone to come and that could just kind of partner, encourage and share that journey with. And so uh, this year, um, if I'm doing my math correctly, wraps up the fifth year that we've been, excuse me, I believe I had my dates wrong. We began that in 2014. This is the sixth year that we've been in, in partnership with that church in Salt Lake City. Wow. And um, so um, it's been neat to see how God's honored those relationships and how those the, the dynamics and the depth of that relationship um, has been so edifying. Every year we try to have our, our partners on the ground here with our church in worship and in celebration. And uh, people here um, know uh, Brian Catherine, who's the pastor of the church there at Redeeming Life in Salt Lake City. And in fact, I had a church member uh, want to, to go to lunch with me the other day and say, hey, I've been following him on social media and just kind of help me understand kind of what's going on in this season of their ministry there. And um, I thought it was incredibly cool. And honestly, it kind of warmed my heart to know that uh, this person had never been to Salt Lake and never been on a mission team there, but had been following them and learning from their teaching and uh, supporting their ministry and prayer from afar. So um, that, that's kind of what we've, we've, we've learned and just try what we look for in a partner. So that's, it's, it's so cool to hear the desire you guys have for, uh, a mutual partnership, because sometimes when in the church world, when we say partnership, um, it really doesn't play out as a partnership where it is a mutual back and forth relationship. Um, often it is the brand new church that is not self-sufficient 
completely dependent and it's a one-way relationship. And I get that obviously a brand new church, there's only so much they'd be able to offer in a relationship, just like a baby with their father. But at the same time, uh, like you said, not coming in saying, we know the best way to do ministry in your city, but we want to come alongside and we really are desiring to have a back and forth relationship from, from a church planter's perspective who has multiple mm-hmm. church partners that I work with. Um, that's one of the things that I love about Forest Hills and the other church partners that really value that is you can see that played out. I think that's awesome. Um, can you add to that? What makes for a good partnership from your side, from the church partner side, what are some healthy things that um, you've already hit on several of these, but are are there any other like healthy things that you feel like every uh, church partner church should offer to the other? Yes, I think uh, one of the things that we communicated um, early on, and I think we had this conversation with you as well, Stephen, is we wanted a a church where um, we could stay in conversation we we could share the ups and downs of ministry uh, where uh, we could pray for one another, where our missions committee, uh, someone in addition to myself would be able to um, kind of be in touch and, and help our church know kind of what's going on and how they can pray. And uh, so that, that was one aspect. Um, and, and then we always in looking at a partner, um, we never want to come across as something that creates dependence. We want to see someone that understands um, uh, kind of our, our, our goal to be a support, but never a hindrance. Mm. Um, and so we want to see someone that, that has a plan uh, for as best as they can tell um, that they have the same value of becoming self-sufficient versus just accumulating as many partners as they can around them to run them as long as they can. I don't think that's healthy, but rather um, utilizing the early on resources um, to really continue to move and grow the church as the Lord allows to a place that becomes self-sufficient. So self-sufficiency um, is something that we, we do value in that. And, uh, yeah. um, but is that, is that, am I answering your question correctly yeah. there? No, that's awesome. I think that that's, it, it, that's so important. And what's neat is, you know, just, every church has its own personality and often it's a reflection of the, the leadership mixed with the history mixed with the local culture. And so um, just like in friendships, I feel like each relationship that exists, even between, you know, us versus your relationship with another church partner in another city, it's going to look a little different. Um, So there's some commonalities that you want to bring to the table and there's some things that are just going to be unique based on, our own strengths. I think that's, uh, that's, that's what's so fascinating me about this is um, just seeing how they play out and um, just the value in having these kind of relationships. Um, let, me, let me turn to a, a new direction here for just a, a few minutes. Um, for uh, people listening that maybe the, the raising support and the fundraising side is intimidating, or maybe it's, if they're being honest, it's been a little bit of a struggle for them. They know that They'd like to develop uh, church partners. Um, they need maybe some more financial support, and maybe they're not sure where to start with those conversations, or maybe they have str- tried to start and been maybe ineffective. What are some things that, from your perspective, you have seen church planters and churches do effectively, 
and ineffectively in trying to raise support and casting vision for ministry partnership. You know, in my role as, um, you know, missions minister at Forest Hills, uh, there are a lot of what I would call ministry solicitations that come my way. Mm. And, um, and some of those, I mean, to the point to where um, it, it, it becomes a little overwhelming at times if you're, if you're really looking intently at them. But the things that I found most helpful would be um, starting a conversation with someone with whom there is some type of relational connection where you can sit down with the person and particularly if it says this is in like pre-plant stages um, and really get to hear the person's heart behind why they want to plant a church, uh, where they want to plant it. Um, what has that journey been like? Kind of where do they see God taking them and kind of how do they envision getting there? Um, and I remember we had, a, I think, a similar conversation, Stephen, sitting at Starbucks here near the church. And yeah. um, to me, those conversations are so important. Um, yeah. if, if someone doesn't care to try to make a personal connection there and they just send a flyer, hey, will you support us? Um, that doesn't help me know their heart. And um, ultimately, when I realize we're supporting a church plant, I also realize behind that church plant are um, a pastor and his family um, that in these early stages um, are the on the ground um, hands and feet of Christ in that community. And if, if we don't have a relational connection to where we can just love each other and support each other and yeah. care for one another on a relational level, um, our ability to be a good partner is not going to be what it should be and could be. Yeah. And so I would say first utilize the relationships um, that you already have. Um, and uh, I'm not just saying merely from a networking standpoint, but, um, you know, I think just recognizing that God has organized each of our lives uh, to intersect the way that they have. And I, I don't think we should look at that merely as accident or coincidence, but rather um, often God's given us a lot of providential connections that, um, you know, there are people that would love to really um, walk with us on this next season of, of ministry. And so, um, that would be one thing that just looking at that um, start relationally. Um, yeah. Second, I think having um, a vision for that church, um, why that community, um, you know, how they plan to minister to it, what is unique about that community versus another one. Um, you know, th there's no such thing as the church plan or startup kit that just is a one size fits all. As, as you know, as you mentioned, every community is different. Every church is different. So hearing that, unique tailored vision that's based off of prayer and research and um, data is really helpful. Because um, for us, the, the money side of things, the resource, the fundraising um, is, is a kind of a standard deal for us. Um, mm -hmm. So for us, it's not a matter of we're going to give this person this much or this person this much. We have, a, we've standardized what it means uh, for us to financially support a church planter. And when we do that, it's a, a intentionally and purposefully declining level of support year by year, initially over five years with the possibility um, we've, we've given in some cases um, when it's, it's right, a two-year extension in certain areas that just require that seven-year period for self-sustainability. So for us, it's not a money issue on the front end. It's more, is this the right person to partner with? So for me, hearing the heart, hearing the vision, uh, being able to, to understand that and communicate that to our missions committee who ultimately makes those decisions is paramount. So uh, as much face-to-face -face time as you can, 
do if you're a potential planter or if, if you're someone in that zone already planting and needing, um, think about the people that God's already put in your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And don't, don't be afraid to reach out because uh, there are churches that really would love to um, kind of see that as an extension of the ministry that God's given them. Yeah. It, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I think um, sometimes the trap that we as church planters and uh, maybe just churches in general that are not sustainable yet is we, we really can look at potential ministry partners in a transactional way instead of relational way. And um, I, I think in, especially early on in the process for me, I was convicted of that in just not thinking of it as the relationship in play. And one of the things that, you know, I, I think it's neat how our relationship developed and that we already knew each other. And when we talked originally about partnership, you guys were halfway through your budget year and you, mm-hmm. you honest that you said that, you know, you're, at that point, you guys were committed to other partnerships and naturally um, you were going to let those play out. And then it was maybe a year later that you reached out to me and let me know that you were considering um, uh, a new partner in New England and you wanted to talk to us. And so um, what I appreciate is that we were able to maintain that relationship um, throughout that it wasn't a no and it wasn't a, you know, the funding is just, it's just a small part of the relationship that we have together, but we were able to continue connecting and encouraging and being a part of each other's ministry, even before the official partnership took place. And so I'm just, the reason I'm camping out on that for just a moment is I think it's important that, um, that church planters, that pastors recognize, um, that it is that partnership does not equal dollars. Um, partnership equals relationship. And, um, and like you said, I, I think the, the three most prominent, strongest church partners I have are all churches that I had a deep relationship with before we ever planted. And um, because of <clears throat> my testimony, um, the people that were part of that church already believed in my leadership and believed in who I was. Um, and who I am as a person. And so the relationship was able to kind of start a few steps down the road as opposed to blindly sending you a prospectus and hoping, uh, hoping that I bumped to the top of your pile. Um, so I, I really appreciate you saying that, Chad, because I think that for some, maybe that is where their struggle is, is they're just kind of, kind of cold calling, essentially, using a marketing term and hoping that people respond. And it almost conveys to you and to others that, it's not really about a relationship. It's about a transaction. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And if I could add one thing to that, Stephen, that just may help um, a prospective planter. Um, You may be sitting at the table with someone um, that is, has plenty of resources that they're wanting to give you. But if, if there's no relationship, I would be wary of that partnership because ultimately what you're not going to get is a partnership. You're just going to get a monthly check. And while that may seem okay the first year, um, and you may get that for that initial budgeted year. If there's no relationship, you really have no understanding that 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 relation that that, that partnership has penetrated um, below a single staff member's level to uh, the missions committee and to the church as a whole. Because one thing that is important for us is when we sit down with a potential planter, we want them to know that hey, while we evaluate this every year, our goal is to commit to you for a minimum of five years and to walk with you mm-hmm. through the difficulties, knowing that it's got ups and downs. Year three can be really tough. You may see a shrinkage kind of 
um, happen in that year that you don't anticipate. And as your initial plant team kind of sh you know, shifts and we see those things and we expect them. So we're with you for the long haul. But if, if you're just kind of, kind of talking with someone that has, um, you know, a big check on the table, but really um, no relationship behind it, all it takes is one change of the staff, one rotation of a committee yeah. before you're an unknown person to them. And uh, that's something that we wanted to avoid. And, you know, in the long run, you want those partners that are willing to kind of get in the trenches with you. And I don't mean just sending teams out. We've made it clear to our partners, um, if you don't want a team, we don't have a desire to send you a team. But if you need a team, let's let's talk about that. But yeah, we want to be in the trenches with them in prayer um, on the nights when like, man, we just had three families leave the church that uh, were core families and they were all for good reasons. And um, or, you know, we just had a major um, newsworthy incident in our community that's really just shocked our whole church community. And um, or, you know, we're, we're in an area that is just, um, we're struggling just because uh, everybody likes us, but nobody's willing to commit with us. I mean, hmm. th those are kind of conversations that we want to be able to walk through and pray through and um, sit in each other's living rooms and talk about. And so that's one thing that I've really um, just enjoyed from my angle is we've been in each other's living rooms, Stephen. You know, I, I remember yeah. sitting up there in, in your house and us just talking through um, kind of first year challenges of, of planting in New England. And, um, and, and you've been in my living room and, and just we've shared time together. And that to me is what ultimately um, in those hard days of ministry, sure, it's, it's really nice to know that the bills are paid, but in the hard days of ministry, another check isn't going to fix the problem that you're staring at, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so often it's just helpful to have brothers and sisters kind of walking with you and know that you're uh, cared for and supported. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think I've told you this before, but um, my favorite thing about our partnership, and really, I'd say every one of my partnerships, um, what I value more than the funding is the opportunity to um, just step outside of New England for a bit and get refreshed. And I mean, obviously, you guys are 30 minutes from where my family is and where I grew up. So it's a trip back home. And I get to um, use it as an excuse to go back to my home city of Nashville. And um, that that is just as, if not more valuable for my wife and I to just have a, a basically a bonus uh, amount of time um, back in Nashville, hanging out with you guys and connecting with family. So that, that's why relationship is so important. Absolutely. Um, in fact, we've even, just so you know, uh, before I ask the final question, um, we actually were approached by a partner um, church, a potential partner church, um, a few months ago and just through the conversations with them, I realized they were looking to do um, funding and teams. Um, but that was, I, I just, that was it. Like that there wasn't really a structure in place for an ongoing relationship or any type of opportunity to be able to share with them and the people there, what God's doing in new England. And so I, you know, I, I actually told them that I connected them with another church planter in new England that was more, in need of the funding, because for me, if I'm going to take time to develop that relationship, I want to make sure that I feel like it's going to go somewhere. So, um, yeah, that's, it's, it's so cool that we're on the same page there. Let me ask one final question, Chad. Um, um, what do you, you've spent some time up here in New England and you've kind of spent time all over because of the role you're in. What do you love most about the New England culture? 
Mm. You know, um, it's interesting. I've, I've seen several pockets to New England, uh, and there there's some subcultures within the broader culture. But um, and there's some nuances I love about some of those subcultures. But one of the things that I, I think encompasses the whole New England area is just um, the early spiritual history that our country had in that area. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, uh, whether you're going over to uh, First, you know, Baptist Church of Providence and seeing uh, where Roger Williams in, in the first Baptist church in America kind of thing and realizing, wow, like I remember reading and studying that in school, but like this is where that church started and this is where those believers gathered in this general area. And or whether you're walking past, you know, the walls of Harvard and seeing that even in its early founding, um, you know, the Christian life and scripture was, was valued in a way that um, it's not the same anymore. And so in, in, in realizing that, realizing um, that God, would you bring that revival um, that was once kind of what made the city, would you bring it back again? And, yeah. uh, and just recognizing that we, I believe we're seeing God do that um, through the church planning efforts that are going on there. And uh, like, like, um, your church and, and others. And um, I love the, the send effort of uh, yeah. the North American Mission Board and really highlighting these areas that um, have an increased need, um, yeah. spiritually speaking. And so, um, yeah, I, I love that history. Um, yeah. and, uh, and to me, it, it goes, God's done this here before. Let's pray that he would do it here again. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of the main ways that God, um, spoke to me years ago before he moved up here. And, um, it's, it's always exciting to be able to share that. I I'm, I'm thankful that I get to be in a part of the country that I feel like it's a very compelling vision, what God's doing in new England. It's, I feel like it's easier to cast vision for Boston than if I was in, you know, middle of nowhere, small town, not near anything that has the rich history that we have. I feel like that's, it's kind of baked in what we have for really, uh, compelling, exciting partnership. So, um, man, thank you so much, Chad, for all that you do, um, for, and I mean, I'm, I know that some are listening that are on your side of the coin as partner churches. Um, I'm like the church planting movement that's happening in new England. Um, so much of it would not be advancing without churches like forest Hills and other partner churches that have said, we're going to go above and beyond our zip zip codes to help, um, see what God is doing and stretching our ministry to places in the country like New England. So, man, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the relationship. Just thank you to Forest Hills and the team for being that kind of partner with us. Well, Stephen, I can honestly say thank you as well, uh, because one of the things that I, I have personally been grown in my own walk with the Lord and stretched in my ministry philosophy through the time that I've spent with our church planners like yourself. And, uh, I, every time I go and spend on-site time, I come back and go, hmm, how is this actually happening in my life? And sometimes it's not. And, yeah. and so thank you for what you guys are doing. Mm. Uh, and that's where this overlaid mutual kind of reciprocal relationship does. And so thank you. I really appreciate you. Thanks, Chad. I really appreciate your time and for being a part of this podcast with us. Man, that was really good. I love Chad's heart for relationship that kept coming up as a theme throughout that conversation, right? Um, the goal here for us is not to get more money. It's to get more support and support comes 
in a lot of forms. And I think that's important for us to remember as we think through church partnership um, is, for me, a huge way that uh, churches like Forest Hills have been able to offer support is just how they reach out to us for prayer, um, for encouragement. Um, sometimes I, we have one church partner that actually sends us a, uh, a gift in the mail on our birthday and anniversaries, and that includes my wife. So just the fact that they notice, that, that's pretty significant. Um, Forest Hills um, offered to fly Katie back to Nashville, um, where we were originally from, in November for a women's conference that was being put on. And it just meant the world to her that they thought of her. And it was just a small little tangible way um, that uh, she just felt loved. And so that those are all different ways that people can feel supported. Um, to me, one of the things I love about relationships is the opportunity to just cast vision for what God is doing in New England. And so I'm always looking for that in a partnership. Um, there's a lot of church partners I've talked to that like they financially may not be able to provide um that year in their budget. So I just asked them if, if there'd be an opportunity on either a Sunday morning or even like maybe one of their Wednesday nights or the pastor's class that I could just come in and share what God's doing in New England and invite people uh, in the room that would be interested in helping individually partner with us. And so the goal here is is not more money. The goal is relationship because ministry is relationships. Um, Thank you guys for stopping by and listening, hoping it, hoping uh, there is something in there uh, for you guys that uh, maybe there was something connected or gave you a new idea um, as you consider what it might look like to develop new uh, ministry partnerships or maybe just maintain and go deeper with the ones you already have. As always, it means so much that you tuned into this today and we'll see you again next time. Thanks.